someone left a comment on on Rokas's upload of our previous podcast about uh, bad instructors, which he will read now. Uh, so he says, nice podcast with good conversation. Another good topic is about bad instructors. And we were talking about bad students, or at least that's how I named the, the podcast. All four of you are awesome. <laughs> you know your stuff. But they are instructors that are to be feared for the student's sake. They will teach you what to do, but in no practical way how. I'm not throwing Rokas in this. He legitimately was doing his best Naikido. But when an art is full contact, you need to put in the effort to make the students understand the application via resistance. If you do not teach your students to fight effectively, you are just responsible for their failure as them. That's from Corbid Rook. So that's it. I think that's a great subject. So, okay, so uh, let's, what, what do you guys have to say about this subject? I think it's a very interesting idea to talk about. So, mm. go, go. Bad instructors, mm. I'll start. Yeah. Uh, it all boils down for me with uh, ego. Right? The instructor has like an overinflated sense of ego. And he's like, it's his, um, his image over everything. And it spoils all the techniques, it spoils the class, it spoils the lineage. Right, it's about him and everything else. Uh, the second thing, the, the biggest problem I had with that I've run into with bad instructors is alcoholism. I don't know if you've run into oh, you have? alcoholism. It just wrecks. It just wrecks people. You know? It sounds it's like you have martial arts instructor. So it I, seems I like like you have some interesting stories already behind this. I do. I do. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk about it though. So. <laughs> Don't say names. <laughs> hey, I, I lived I, I lived eight years in Asia. Everyone's an alcoholic there, so I know what it's like. It's Koreans. Or Koreans, <laughs> Japanese also. Yeah, yeah. All yeah the Thai people too. It's like yeah, crazy. It's like I, I don't know how my liver survived those eight years, but <laughs> yeah, then I, you know about uh, bad instructors? There's many kinds of bad instructors. It could be like you say, ego. There's people who just want to be idolized, and they build this image of like, like you know, Dillman, all these characters, or Frank Dukes even. But um, there's also guys who genuinely think they're actually really good instructors, but they don't know what they're doing. But they actually they think they're good instructors, maybe because they come from a bad uh, line of teachers, and they are they're just Krugen. yeah, they're just exactly they're just repeating what they're what they've learned or there's many reasons, but it could just be that the guy is bad and doesn't realize he's bad. Uh, and that, that goes back to ego again, right? So yeah. If, you know, yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to admit they're, they're maybe those, there are cases where they're not egomaniacs, but they just don't real they can't realize how bad they are or just don't want to admit it. Uh, so you guys, Rocas and Sergio. Mm. Well, Rocas, yeah. you go first. Uh, well, okay. So, I really like where Sakan started us off with the ego and it just reminded me. So I filmed a video. I'll release it just in the day from today, but um, with the jujitsu second degree black belt and another jujitsu brown belt, we looked at some Aikido techniques and we looked at how we could functionalize them. And basically in like 30 minutes, we came to the same conclusion that I came through a year of, of exploration that it, it doesn't really make sense to do that, it just makes more sense to practice jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai or wrestling or judo, something which is already functional. But then 
we started debating, so why don't people do that? And one of the instructors said, well, kind of, you know, that's the ego, because it's difficult for the instructors to let go, to invest in themselves for years in a certain practice. They're glorified, you know, they're the God in that style. And now, even if, and then suddenly they realize, the worst case, they don't even realize it. But let's say suddenly they realize this is BS, or they kind of recognize it. It's very difficult for them to let go of that because they, it's, everybody wants to be loved and, and celebrated and to be at the, at the spotlight. And so that ego can really, I agree with Sakan, that ego can really mess things up. Even if you're teaching the wrong thing, you may feel uh, compulsed uh, to, to continue to teach bad stuff just because you don't want to admit that you've been wrong for the last 10, 20 years. So ego is definitely a big enemy of the good instructor. And last thing I'll say here, uh, the person who commented, he mentioned application via resistance. And what I experienced in Aikido, and that was like a dark, ugly side, I'm sure some other martial arts which are compliance-based experienced that too. Um, there's, if the instructor is not tested, he doesn't roll with his students, he doesn't spar with his students, uh, then it's again, it's just such an ego booster where you show fancy, good looking techniques with your students who do the job for you. They fall in the right place. They don't hate you. They don't, they don't test you and you look awesome as the instructor. And then everybody thinks, Oh, this works, but you're not testing yourself. You're not testing if the technique works. You're not applying it via resistance. It boosts the ego, but it also boosts that illusion mm -hmm. that it works. You know, and it's passed on from generation to generation, and it's terrible because many Aikido guys that I know now, they go and try out their Aikido skills versus a BJJ blue belt or white belt four stripes. They get annihilated, and it's such a it's a big challenge for them. It's a crisis. So, mm -hmm. and that comes down from the instructor because the instructor doesn't do it himself. So. Oh, you know. Uh all my teachers, specifically my Taekwondo teacher, was like one of the few people I know who lives specifically of teaching Taekwondo, uh, martial arts. Everyone else has another job, but him and my karate teacher live specifically of that. But my Taekwondo teacher always said his students are a reflection of himself. So he doesn't, he will not let anyone, like, how do I explain? He's really, really strict and demanding technique and behavior also. He's like, old school you know hardcores like even after knowing the guy for 20 years if i cross a line he'll like he'll just kick me out of the school or something you know he's really well most like teachers know they are like just messing around here's here's a bell to go have fun you know mm -hmm. yeah uh, the ego thing by the way i wanted to say something the ego thing is usually the main reason why people create their own martial art you know, yeah, good, it's good usually, point. Not because they they think they're gonna do some improvement. Honestly, if one is to be honest, it's ego. Yeah, I agree. It's good point. Sergio, Sergio my man. Oh, great! Yeah. I I have one instructor that really scared me. No, I'm not talking about it. Didn't happen to me. I mean, it happened to me, but uh that I seen happening to people. To me happened recently, like four or five months ago. I don't want to mention names and but 
basically it's instructors that go too hard trying to prove a point. So they they want to show you, let's say, a number, and yeah, they go they demonstrate the technique, but they go they scream at you, they go very hard, very violent, they move very abruptly, and they go way too hard. And I don't know why is that. I I have never understood why some people wanna put the students through that. Uh, what happened to me like? Two, three months ago, it's um, somebody was teaching me a technique with weapons, and it was a particular weapon that I am not familiar with. I know nothing of. And I was supposed to release the weapon, let it go. But honestly, I did not felt that I had to let go. I mean, I was just listening, paying attention to the footwork, and he went too hard, and he almost took my shoulder out of place. I automatically got mad and I throw a front kick at the guy, like that, boom. And he was like, why is that? And I said, you almost take my shoulder out of my arm. Uh, I mean, out of my body. I have a family. I have to pay bills. You're explaining me a technique. Why do you go full contact? I don't understand. And this was in front of like 10 people. And I really hit him. And everybody was like telling the guy, yeah, you almost break his shoulder and then i start looking on internet and that's a common problem i see this instructor going way too hard on the white belts on the new students like even in the stretching like usually striking arts like taekwondo karate kung fu i am not sure if muay thai really doesn't need that much flexibility maybe sakan can tell me but i mean some basic flexibility you need but the body just takes some time to get used to. So you put somebody through stretching on the first day, you force them into splits uh, that you can injure the students. So those type of instructor for me are very scary. Very, very scary. And I have another type of instructor that I want to present on the table. Sorry, before you say uh, that, we, I just want to clarify something. When I mentioned my, my, my teacher before, I didn't say it as a bad thing. He's strict as he, he demands of himself to be like uh, respectable and like to have integrity. And he expects the same of his students. The, everyone is a reflection. So a serious teacher will try to give a good example and not be like a fucking clown or something. No, that's, no, no, no. I'm trying to say. The other mm-hmm. type of instructor, you, you, you find them a lot, which is something simple, and I want to leave it so you guys elaborate, is the ones who are not qualified to teach. And, and, and this you can find. No, 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 no. Don't go that route. That, that's no, the biggest problem. No, 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 don't go that route. It's simpler than that. I'm just saying somebody that uh, may see classes on the internet, or maybe just went to a karate class, one, two, three, four classes. He, he has maybe some minor athleticism level, and they go, they open a school, or they are so good at speaking that they take all the kids from the neighborhood and they start teaching those kids. That other t- type of instructor for me is very scary. Yeah, but the thing... Sorry, yeah. sorry, guys, I'll let you talk. It's just this, no, this done, subject I'm makes done. my mind explode, you know, like psychiatrists. Yeah. 
this is the number one problem, unqualified teachers. The thing is, what I want to say is this, being a teacher, be it martial arts, maths, or whatever, you need to have like a talent for it or, or develop a skill to be a teacher. Just because you're good at doing something doesn't mean that you're good at teaching it. Like mm -hmm. try to teach your language to a foreigner, even if you speak your language perfectly, teaching and transmitting mm -hmm. that information in a way that they will understand is not easy. It's really complicated. Same with martial arts or anything. You got to learn. I had to learn how to teach others by breaking everything into little, little pieces mm -hmm. and steps. It, it's a process. Teaching is also a process that you have to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. And there's also the case of people who are not very gifted technically, but they are very good at explaining things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, something I'd, I'll add to as well is in what Sergio said is that's why I feel pressure testing is so important, like especially for instructors. Because if you stop in pressure testing, in sparring, live sparring, it's going to be clear as day. Like you will get punched in the face and there will be no going around that. If you go with compliancy, like let's say kind of what Aikido training can be or some like Bujinkan, ninjutsu stuff, uh, you can kind of see the quality of the teaching somewhat. You're like, okay, he has his movements down. There's kind of balance or something. But still, you can easily pretend that you're doing good stuff because the – and this is, this is a phrase I picked up here. Like, watch, uh, watch the feeder. Like, watch the attacker. Don't watch the guy who's doing the technique. Watch the attacker to define how good the guy on the other side is. Because if the attacker is – like you know, classic Aikido chop, <laughs> run at him. So Manuji, right? What? Shovel Manuji, right? Yeah, yeah, Shovel Manuji. What is it? And then, and then, then they, right, and they just fall for you, or they hit you, but they stop. Like I don't know, like you know, that far from your face, and you just do this fancy technique. That's <clears> what you have to look for, and this is like probably something is off. But then that's why I think it's a responsibility of the instructor to always keep testing himself and going out to other gyms and, you know, training as well in various martial arts, even if he's the expert in his martial arts, that kind of makes sure that whatever he's teaching has quality or proves that he sucks. But so many instructors, I think like Sergio said, they, they learn some kind, some kind of stuff, never test it, test it, make their own closed dojo kind of secret you know, in their own town and they pretend to be God and all knowing, but they never go out there and never test themselves. And this is a bad thing. So, and, and also getting punched in the face is such a good cure for ego, I think. So, but that's my take. I th yeah. The thing is when you get to a certain, those guys, like the, the unqualified, what we call the white witch, well, Sergio baptized them, the white wizard instructors, the conjurers. They have created, oh, such, a, yeah, they have created such an image of like superhero that they don't even want to run the risk of being right. proven wrong. Right. Sakan, you should input yeah. something. Yes. We were talking about what Rokas was saying about the, the guy that's doing the attack. We have a saying in Kali, uh, you're only as good as your 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 feeder, the person attacking you. Right. So, so I think every time it's like, oh, you attack me wrong. You attack me wrong. It's like, 
yeah, you know. That's what the, the art is sort of based off of, you know, like, you know, give and take. <laughs> the punches should come in this particular angle, just that particular <laughs> right. angle. Yeah, exactly. That was Ramsey Dewey on the podcast. He did yeah, yeah, that was a funny one. Matrix. That was funny, man. That was but, funny. But take, forgetting about that podcast, it has happened many times. You know, the problem I, I'm having sometimes when I'm teaching people, I tell them, throw me a cross, right? A right cross. And they, I don't know, they don't do it. They just stay away and throw the punch. And I tell them, dude, if you don't try to punch me in the face, I cannot teach you the counter. You have actually tried to punch me, not hard, but I don't know, 20, 30%. Right. And it's because of that mentality that you guys mentioned. People are used to sometimes uh, attacking a social compliant way that if you get them out of that pocket, they wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't be able to, to do anything. I don't know if you guys agree with me. Yeah. Like yeah. How you train is how you react in reality. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about unqualified instructors. Um, I want to give the, the counter argument to that. I had to start off teaching as an unqualified instructor mm -hmm. because there were so many okay. arts you know, with core combat unlimited, you know, and I spent, I spent maybe like a month with my instructor, like intense full training, like every day, like six hours a day. And when he was gone, you know, he told me like, keep up the teaching, keep, keep doing what you're doing, keep teaching the grappling, keep teaching the Kali, you know, whatever Wing Chun and, and part of the art that, that I left with you. I'm like sitting there by myself. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I have to train myself through the instruction. As instructors, we have, you know, that's the same. You teach it once, but you learn it twice. So I felt completely unqualified, you know. Now I feel, I feel quite comfortable that I can, I can teach all this stuff. But back then, I was like, man, I wasn't, I wasn't where I should have been as, as a teacher. But if I, had, if I had just given up and said, oh, I'm, I'm not going to teach, I would have had no training partners, I would have had no group, I wouldn't have what I have today. So that's my perspective on it. The thing is it dangerous? Perhaps. I don't know. You know what? The thing is, this is key. You actually recognized that you had to learn how to teach. Yeah. It happened to all of us, I'm sure. Like to me, it happened when I started teaching out the, the first few times. Many years ago, I was really nervous. Like, oh my God, I had to plan everything and write it down before. Like now, I don't, now if you throw me in a dojo, I don't think about anything. I just improvise and it comes out fine because I'm used to it. Right, right. At first, I'm like, I was really nervous. It's the fact that you recognize that you had to learn and improve upon it is super uh, positive. The, the unqualified instructors either don't care or don't even realize that they're not doing it right. That's the problem. Generally, well, they I don't care about on money. I made it clear to myself and to the people I was teaching. I was like, this is my level of ability, my level of understanding. This is what I can share with you. And I try to make it on the point where like, yeah, but that's you know, just amazing. We're learning together. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I that see. doesn't make you unqualified. Yeah, it just makes you inexperienced at that point in your life. Unqualified would be it's someone with no understanding of what he's doing. I see. I have an idea. I can, I can put you an example. When I used to have the school here, uh, I used to teach Kung Fu, but it was most, mostly MMA. I, I mean, I was teaching everything. And I had some people coming at me and say, Sergio, uh, can you teach me Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And I say, no, 
absolutely no. Say, yeah, but you're rolling with people. Say, yeah, but I'm not a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy. I have to take classes, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for MMA. And, and they told me, yeah, but you know how to roll. Yeah, because I also took judo many years, but I'm not qualified. But I know that many people would just put an excuse and say, yeah, I'm a blue belt or I'm a purple belt. Yeah, I can teach you to the level, start charging. That would make somebody unqualified. Those are the type of people I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Somebody that maybe took a few boxing classes and they have the money, the means, and they open a gym and start teaching boxing. They're not a boxer. So Mm -hmm. that's what I mean. It's it's not the same as what you described, Sakan. Because look, look, if I don't have the black belt in judo because I did not test it, I have a I had an issue with the with the sensei, and he told me, "No, I'm gonna give you the black belt. Um, you already know everything." But he wanted me to go the judo way, and I say, "No, I just like judo as a complement, not as a main art." So we broke apart because of that. So. But I can actually go and teach judo if I want, but I'm not a judo teacher. Uh, I will be an, ex- an inexperienced one, but that won't make me unqualified because I think I have the qualification. The problem is when you have never taken the program long enough or the basics and you just want to do it because you want to do it. That's, that's what I mean. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's, okay. that's the way I see it. Maybe I'm incorrect. Actually, what you're, yeah, what you're saying is super common these days. Some guy who like knows a little bit of Taekwondo or whatever, sees it's mm-hmm. a good business, and now all these schools are MMA, kickboxing, self-defense, blah, blah, blah. And it's just mm-hmm. a guy who only knows maybe Karate or Taekwondo, but he's just like throwing all these dumb labels. And then when you see the class, it's a mess. It's ridiculous. Right. And right. I've seen it. I've seen it everywhere, like especially in the U.S. apparently, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I like to add something as well. Like, I really like that Sakan pointing out that that unqualified can have kind of multiple tastes to it. Like, yeah, for sure. I heard many stories as well. The realm I come from, like Aikido people, the same would happen to many people where like their, their teacher leaves and somebody just out of the blue has to take over. And then eventually they work towards their black belt. So I think that happens and it's like, fine. It's, it's, I think it's not an issue. But what you guys point out, the important thing is that recognition that I am still a student. Again, that, that ego would not kick in and wouldn't take over. And it's like, oh, now I'm the master. That means I know everything. Mm-hmm. Like when you get a black belt, a black belt can, excuse me for the swear word, fuck up your mind. You know, you're like, you get a black belt, especially like in, for example, again, I, you know, it takes like four years to get a black belt compared to jujitsu, which is like 10, 14 where you really, you're tapped out thousands of times to get that black belt. For sure, that means you're, you know, you're stuff. In Aikido, you know, or, or I heard this story, um, actually my, my previous Aikido instructor told me, apparently in some, I think Taekwondo schools or, or some schools in US, you would come in, pay for like a year or two years, they would hang your picture and they would hang a black belt above it. And then doesn't matter how much you paid, but then... After those two years, you get your black belt, you know, so it's all that marketing stuff. But what I I really wanted to say here too is uh, the thing is there's a saying that the the most dangerous stuff is the one which which we're not aware of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think this is where trouble hits uh, the fan 
is that when uh, when the guy thinks he knows self-defense, when the guy thinks he's legit, yeah. when the guy thinks he knows everything, and this is like, as soon as you think that, that's a bad sign. That's, that's unqualified instructor, even if he's like done 10 years mm-hmm. in some super secret martial art, if he thinks he knows everything, that makes him unqualified. For, for yeah. me, for me, the first thing, to, how to measure if someone is qualified is real knowledge. Like you've trained something long enough. Now, the skill of teaching is something else. You could be super knowledgeable and you don't know how to teach. So I see those as two separate things. Sakan's case was not that he was not qualified. You just needed experience teaching. That's exactly. So he was new. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you had the knowledge and the skills, which is something different. I, I have a question, may not come to the subject, but uh, it brings me a great idea. Rokas, oh, you are now an officially an MMA guy, but the Aikido, you're introducing the Aikido at the end. Uh, you're going to have a fight soon, which is going to be a smoker, right? When, when you have a fight yeah. in the gym, it, it's mm-hmm. considered a fight because it's full contact, but it's a smoker. Yeah. Um, are you going to go back ever to teach Aikido? You know, it's a good question, and I kept thinking about that. I guess I still do. Probably not. And I think the more I think about it, the more I think I will not. Partly because, and this I can't relate this to our subject, I feel like it makes me, per se, unqualified. And this is why I closed the dojo, because I realized I can't teach it. I think I'm fairly good at teaching Aikido, basic techniques, but I, did, I do not believe them anymore. And when I teach them, I always had this bad taste in my mouth. I'm teaching it to my students. My students love it. But I'm like, this sucks. You know, I hate it. You know, so you know something? What? No, I want to tell you something. Uh, the yeah. first style that I, I consider myself more as a karate guy than a taekwondo guy, even though I have a lot of videos doing taekwondo. But No, you are a, a, a taekwondo guy. I, I disagree, up. but that's fine. Be quiet. <laughs> Anyway, Just listen, like look, look, I'm going, I'm going to a point here. The thing is this, after I, I went into more into kickboxing and karate and all these other hard styles, I realized the, the deficiencies of Taekwondo. So when I teach Taekwondo, I'm not teaching right now in Argentina, but I did teach before. But when I taught Taekwondo, I decided to incorporate more bo- proper boxing into it and a lot of other things that are not in there. So I, I taught to the art itself. I just modified a few things or added a few things. I didn't call it anything different. I just added things that I know that are important. So you could teach Aikido again, but just give it your spin or something you have to make, make in your, your mental laboratory. Think, think about how you would change it. That's a good point. And it's something I did consider, maybe like 20% I'm still considering, but... At the same time, and I think I, it just broke me down. Like my whole experience just broke me apart, broke my belief in Aikido because I did pressure test it. I did a bunch of tests and everything. And it's just in the end, like even I'm going to release that video that I did with those jiu-jitsu experts. When we broke down the Aikido technique, Riminage, like entering throw with the arm through the neck, like kind of what Seagal likes to do in his movies. So when we broke it down, eventually it just started to look like, rest, like wrestling. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I want to, I, I want to ask something. Uh, this is quick. This no, is wait, quick. wait. Okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry. The, what, besides teaching Aikido, do you have any other source of income or another job? 
YouTube right now I, I survive by making good videos and I have a couple of Aikido rolling courses on online that helps you. Cool. Okay, I must have to go, but I'm gonna tell you something, Rokas. You can still make Aikido work. You can still make it. I'm not an Aikido guy, but I have trained some Aikido classes and I train with Aikido people. And Tengu, I don't know if you saw Tengu, the guy that did the Boken sparring with me. Yeah. He has done he has a lot of Aikido. He was telling me the same thing you told me. So you know, we don't have it on video, but I did an Iriminage to him on a life sparring. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you can do it. You can actually do it. I used Aikido, but, some Aikido moves. Like I know it was high school and like we were fighting, but it's still I applied it and it worked. I controlled a bigger guy by putting, I don't remember the names, but I put him on this lock. I pinned him against the floor and it works. It just, it's a matter of opportunity and circumstances. Did you have a ponytail? Hmm? <laughs> 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 he had a ponytail like Steven Segal. I like the guy. <laughs> he was the one who taught Anderson Silva about the front kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The front guy. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know if Rock Aikido I works or not. I don't know if it works or not, but whatever you do, don't get rid of those pants. Those pants They're are awesome. That's a good sexy. point. Uh, I'm with you there. Whatever you teach, wear the fucking pants. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, should, that should be like, when I do my amateur fight, I should just wear those pants. <laughs> um, yeah. I almost have to go, but I have to say something. I'm going to connect you, Rokas, and I want to bring it to the podcast. I have a friend who used to be an Aikido guy, and he created a new style. Um, I say he created, but he basically, what he did, he compiled many things from other system and make a, a new system that he teaches here in Miami. He has teached to milita some military people, few students, and he, I want you to speak to him. And eventually, I'm going to have it on the podcast one day or two, but I think you should talk to him. You can relate to him. He's not a fighter, but he has a spar with me. I right. can tell you, he, he can do some Aikido stuff. Right. Uh, he can do some Aikido well, yeah, stuff. I, and I, I wanted to ask you, Rokas, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, this yeah. in Hapkido, right? The Korean, it's, yeah. what do you think about it? I practice some Hapkido. It's like more aggressive version of Aikido. Right. It's got punching and kicking, you know? For sure. I never tried Hapkido. I read this book, very comprehensive book, and it's like a different approach. Apparently, it derives from the same root, yeah. Daikaru Aikijutsu. So I'm sure there are similar techniques. But I think the thing is, it's so much about the training method. So many people are focusing on the techniques. And some people make a good point. You can find the same techniques in many different places. Like I think some of the wrist locks you do in Aikido, for sure you find them in, in traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Sometimes you can find them in some karate, I think, like schools, yeah, like black belts. You're like, it's the same wrist lock. So does it really, you know, belong to Aikido? And I think it's more about the training method. And if yeah. Aikido includes strikes, uh, like striking, kicking, I think that gives an edge. That's a good thing. Yeah. Question is, do they do live pressure testing? That's like my go-to question all the time. Yeah. It's very difficult to train. Well, there's... I do apologize. I have to go. Um, but anyway, mm -hmm. pleasure having you. Thanks for inviting uh, Are we going? Oh, we only have one minute left, actually. So. Oh, snap. Perfect, oh, perfect timing. Yeah.
And next, like, to be continued in the next episode, cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. Well, we're good. So, okay, next episode, we can talk again. about Hapkido, Sistema, and training with the injuries. We could do those. Okay. Sure thing. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Peace out, gentlemen. Talk to you guys soon. Next episode. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>